Hi, you're listening to Creatrix Culture. I'm your host, Sarah Wolf, and today we are with Kate River, and she is a quantum healing hypnotherapist practitioner, hypnotherapy practitioner. <laughs> it's, it's quite a mouthful. It's it really quantum is. Quantum healing hypnosis technique practitioner. Oh, I know it's, thank it you. is so incredibly hard, or even like QHHT, you know? Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue in a harmonious way at all. So, it really doesn't. Yeah. And when I was doing the sound bath the other night, I was trying to t- talk about you and, and talk about <laughs> things. And I'm like, it's the cute because whenever I'm in the space of healing, I don't remember anything. So I'm like, it's a Q T A T H H. I don't know, but you know, yeah. quantum hypnosis that worked perfectly okay. fine. I just totally butchered yeah. it. So thank you for the clarification. I was working on it all day, and then I didn't even have the right words. I mean, I butcher it every single time I do a video. Can I have like this long introduction about, you know, welcome to Afana, sacred space to dance to the round. And then it's like all this sort of like mythic storytelling. And then, and then QHHT comes in and it's just like this sort of like sound that doesn't flow as well. And it's like, right. Yeah. But it is what it is, but it's a beautiful technique. And I don't know if your viewers are familiar with Dolores Cannon, but you do perfect. I love so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the point of this is to if they don't know about her is to, you know, really find her. And it's funny because she's having like a resurgence. Now you're making me want to drink a little water. That's because I'm dry. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm just like parched. It's so dry. So dry. It's funny because now young people are coming to her work, and she has since passed away. But she really came into her own in the 70s. I can give you a brief history, probably would be helpful. Let's do it. Um, She, in the 60s, did hypnosis, kind of traditional hypnosis with her husband, Johnny, who uh, was a naval officer. So she traveled with him all over the world as part of the Navy. And they both did traditional hypnosis to help people with smoking or eating disorders and that kind of thing. And they were doing a session on a woman with an eating disorder, and she just changed her entire personality and talked with this new voice and experienced a very vivid past life as a 1920s flapper. And they were sort of like, like, it was definitely unexpected. I mean, it's just like, oh, you know, wow, especially if it's like, totally not a part of your like vernacular. Uh And but they just continue to sort of like discover and see where else this can go. And they continue to do sessions on her. And what unfolded was this other like five really rich, vivid lives that this woman went to. And that was her first book was, I forgot the title was, but it's about these past lives, these five past lives that sort of ignited her world into this search for lost knowledge. Dolores kind of really calls herself a researcher of lost knowledge. And I think that that's really apropos to her spirit. She is like a feminist in a lot of ways. And I think that that's what drew me to her work. So going back to the history, so she, they found this out and then her husband was in a really bad accident that he had to be wheelchair bound. So in order to make ends meet, she really had to uh, 
dramatically shift her life, you know, anything like that, like those sudden changes that really, you know, change your, your whole life. Mm -hmm. So they moved to Arkansas in sort of like the backwoods of Arkansas to be able to afford to take care of her family because they only had, uh, she had to take care of kids and her husband couldn't really work. So she had to take a, a beat to kind of take care of family and the things that she needed to do. And then in the 70s, she decided that she was going to re, uh, she had the opportunity, you know, that her kids were a little bit older. So she got back to work into past life regression and just hit it hard and did, I mean, hundreds of regressions and really looked at the historical information that was given to kind of validate the experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think as a researcher of lost knowledge, this sort of like very um, focused intention uh, as a natural researcher is sort of like a fun intellectual pursuit. And you can see that she is such a, uh, like a skilled mind. She's great at writing and sort of bringing these sort of otherworldly experiences into the mundane world in a really clear and easy way for everybody to sort of digest and understand because it is sort of strange to a, like a Western audience, you know, um, about past lives. Mm -hmm. So she really went into this past life, thousands of thousands of past lives. Well, over time, the work started changing and new vistas were opening up and then it just became into the convoluted universe, which I think everybody kind of finds her into. She wrote, I mean, no, books about Nostradamus, Jesus and the Essenes. I mean, there's just countless books that she wrote. The productivity of this woman is fascinating and so um, commendable, to say the least. I mean, and she really represents, I think, the capabilities of all women. You know, she was sort of fearless in an age, like she grew up in the 50s and 60s, and really sort of heralded a metaphysical awareness to like a Western, very materialistic, physical belief system in, yeah. in America. Uh -huh. And she looked like everybody's grandma. Oh my God, know? that's what I love to tell people about her. Yeah. That don't know her. I'm like, this is a lady who looks like your grandmother with her short curled hair, oh, you yeah. know, That's kind sad. of a polyester wearing pants and a just, you know, whatever she's the grandma top, right? White woman, oh, yeah. you know, just a little heavier set. Like you just want to crawl up in her and she's talking about aliens and she's talking about <laughs> yeah, I know. Past lives and she's talking about all this amazing stuff and the work she's done and the library, yes, of books that she has. Her, the convoluted universe, I didn't read it back in my 20s in the early 2000s, but I remember seeing it and being drawn to it. But I also knew, I think deep down, I wasn't ready for it yet. Like, yeah, I, 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 I didn't have the comprehension um, yet for it. And then it came on my path later. And then I just absolutely fell in love with her. And the writing, because it is just basically transcripts of uh, sessions and her questions. It, it's such an easy digestible journey in these books. And I think also what is so remarkable about her appeal is the way that she can talk about 
very metaphysical, um, otherworldly complex um, phenomenon in such a easy way and relatable way for everyone. You know, she's not, she may say topics or concepts that are very uh, complex, but the way that she presents them in her language is so relatable. And I mm -hmm. think that that is such a part of her appeal. And, you know, she sort of is allowing the everyday person to be extraordinary. And I think that that is such, what's so beautiful about QHHT, it's everyone. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what culture you are, you come into this work and you can have a beautiful, extraordinary experience and know you are equally extraordinary. So mm -hmm. it's, I, I really love that complexity. And there's, you know, with me getting older, I'm going to be 44 in two weeks. <laughs> So, you know, her coming in, oh, thank you. Her coming into herself at, at you know, an older uh, stage in her life is very inspirational. And I think for women at this age, you finally, you know, give less shit. And so you can finally walk into like an authentic life, which is basically where I find myself now. So, yeah, and that's through QHHT and yes. my... Yeah. yeah. Journey here that landed, I landed here. How long um, have you been studying and doing the work? And, and, and with that, how did you fall upon it? Well, I think this work sort of finds you. And I think if you're on a spiritual path, all of these have different tribulations to the same source. So even if you are studying, you know, with a SRF or any of this, like, if you're even in Catholicism, these, a lot of, or even until intelligentsia and academics, these concepts are not anything new to the Western mind. Mm -hmm. And I, as a curious mind and a seeker myself, I have kind of been on this path, but how I stumbled upon QHHT was, um, I had some, well, there's like tons of like deaths and rebirths in my life. Like, you know, it's like everybody on this kind of path. And then sometimes like your mundane life of work kind of pulls you out of it. You got to survive. You know, you can't be like meditating every day because you, yeah, you, life is calling you to, to do something. But I had an experience right before COVID that shook me to the absolute core of my being and I really didn't have any frameworks to figure out what it was and in my conscious mind I sort of like whoa that was the craziest nightmare I've ever had in my life but it's something like a phenomenon that's very real it's called the uh, meeting with the dweller on the threshold and I sort of discovered this god years after the event but it is a sort of kind of like a QHHT session. This is going to be very difficult to understand but or explain, but I can just kind of illustrate the the gruesome nightmare of like what propelled this instant change in my life. And so at that time, I was like just so unhappy with where I was and just a really vile sort of like angry version of myself. Mm -hmm. And... 
And sort of in this like, woe is me kind of place, I didn't feel like I had a lot of other options, but I did find an option. I, I was actually, I got a job offer in the same industry that I was working at and it was with very good money, but not without a cost. Mm-hmm. So I got this offer and I was like, oh, finally, hallelujah, I'm going to have this great change and whatever. But that like night when I got that acceptance, I had the scariest dream, but it's real. It's very real. In my entire life, I was woken up by like this hellhound that was at my face going to destroy and dismember me. And then this black fog and I'm in my bedroom and it's like now looking at like alien experiences or abduction stories, like their partners are usually completely out Uh and sleeping. Like there is a higher intelligence. It's like, you know, go to bed. You're experiencing whatever this is. And people can be floating outside of their windows and like off they go and their partners have no idea. Uh Um, So it is a phenomenon. And my eyes are, it's in my room and I look and there's two beings in my doorway who are the most hideous things. I like, I was scared like a Gorgon mask. If you were seeing the eyes of Medusa, you were turned to stone. I had, I couldn't move my body. Like, what do you call that? Um, when you're paralyzed, like sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could not talk, could not do anything. And these, they look like shaman masks. They were like absolutely hideous. And I don't know if it was so frightening in my mind that I put masks on them because uh-huh. I couldn't look at their true faces. And it was like, oh, what, you know, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. but I could not talk. I'm just like ontological shock. Like what the hell? And all of a sudden this, and I feel like my eyes were just like open, like in a state of like, oh my God, I'm awake. I'm asleep. No, this is fucking real, you know, kind of thing. Cause it is so shocking and it's meant to be shocking and it's meant to do this to, to change things. Uh So anyway, one of these, this is like, people are going to be like, this is the craziest story, but it is. So one of these like little beings and they're frightening frightening come and like walk by my bed and they take my hand and my I was like oh my god and then I felt like this tiny like this like fragile like it was real and it was like it was the creepiest thing I've ever felt but it felt female and I was like that's female like it was so strange and they they like did something to my hand Uh and then all of a sudden like they're gone. And I woke up like, what, what was like, I was like, Oh my God, you know, like, this is the scariest thing I've ever, this ever happened. And I've always had really rich dream lives and like Mm -hmm. apocalyptic dreams. So it wasn't anything like it, this is different. It was very, very different quality of an experience. And um, then a day later, a bird flies in my window and it sounded like a football and I had to get ready to go to work. And it was like this big, like hoopla event at work. And you really had to show up and present yourself and be on. And while that morning, this bird just flew into my window, my husband was on a, a business trip. 
So I was already nervous for him going because I had this scary ass dream. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm afraid to go to sleep. Yeah. And I don't know what this means. And I have to go to work. And then this bird just slams into the window. And you could see like this little uh, glare, it's like where the window is. Yeah. And I open up. And this poor mockingbird is like gasping for its last breath. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And any like animal that's hurt is like, just like a knife through my heart. You know, it's like, so like, holy, okay, get it together. What am I going to do? So I'm looking for a box and like praying, like, do I have to like, if he's in complete utter pain, do I have to do like a death blow? Like God give me strength to do like amputate a leg or something like you don't want to do. Yeah. And, or I'm like, please let him just go fast. You know, I'm trying to like search for this box to put this bird in and like, what the heck? And I'm trying not to get like anything on my like dress that I'm wearing for work. Anyway, I get this bird in this box and I go to work and I'm just like, what the hell happened? Like what, what is all this about? And of course I come home and I'm just crying about this bird. Like I really was so profound, like uh, emotion that I had, but my grandma also died at, during that time. So I think that okay. there was a lot, it was very, yeah. it was tender, <laughs> it's yeah. a tender time. But the strange thing is the job that I got after that happened, they called and said, uh, we're renegotiating uh, this position and it's no longer yours. And so this thing was completely taken away from me what but yes so my like I decided to take matters into my own hands by sort of like getting this new job and like I'm just gonna leave you know that kind of thing and get more money and blah 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 but and then fate came it literally came in <laughs> and was like I've never even heard no. of that that they like that that's happened to someone like that like that I can tell like I've heard the things over years but not like right after but the but it it it's heavier than that and so the concept of the dweller in the threshold is uh -huh. it is a debt being paid so who knows what that is if it was changing my fate in a lot of ways it was uh -huh. Or it could be taking something from me. And maybe that bird was a death that needed to happen in my own life. Wow. So it was very profound. And it is wow. part of the concept of, of that. And, and you can read about it. Like if there's, it's in Western esoteric tradition. And Rudolf Steiner talks about this. Valentine Tomberg and Meditations of the Tarot talks about it with um, the moon. And thank God that there is some frameworks to figure out what this experience is and i found it in christian mysticism and finally because it's so otherworldly and unexplainable in our society we don't really have frameworks to figure out what this means mm -hmm. but it is a very real phenomenon and what essentially the idea is is that these horrid figures are essentially a version of you and it is a dweller that has been within you that is now out and in challenging you that you can't pass into this other world until you can change. And I'm leaving you now. So it's now it's for you to do your spiritual work and wake up. And my, my appearance will change as you change. So it's kind of very beautiful in that wow. way. Yeah. So then like, and I didn't really know how, what that function until later, but everything intuitively that I started doing was like, 
when I discovered it was very validating. But so I, I mean, this is like 2019, COVID hit. And thank God I didn't have that new job because I wouldn't have had unemployment. So I had an opportunity to really connect back to myself. And that was some hardcore, like, I guess it's purifying myself, like going to the deep depths about family, about self. Like, I feel like it was a weeping song for two years, which is crying and just real purification of like with water. Yeah. Um, it still am, you know, like water. Oh, is, me too. Thank God, yeah. thank God we can cry. It is, it is a, a blessing from above. I mean, that and laughter, you know? So, and then like quit drinking, smoking, really dedicated myself to meditation and um, a spiritual practice. And then, I mean, I had other really amazing mystical experiences. And again, like certain frameworks, because they are so profound and personal that it's like trying to explain what they might mean to somebody. It's like explaining a dream. Like yeah. it, it, it's just so um, personal, like a QHHT session. So like all these things that you may experience are so intrinsically created specifically for you. And I find that so fascinating. Like I just watched um, a Contact with Jodie Foster recently. Yeah. I uh-huh. rewatched it. Yes. And it shows her as a child and she has that painting with the palm tree uh-huh. and then when she went to Lyra, that other planet, and had that experience, she literally walked into her own painting. And they used that sort of well of her memory to create the story that she needed to see, which I find so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really how like QHHT works. In fact, I think I'm going to do like a video about how would people try to say, but I, I made that up. I already know. I already know I was there before because it might be a picture I did or a play I was in. And that's why I was this character. And it's like, that is the the sort of dressing and the mask that they're going to use to help you because that signifies something of importance for you. And it doesn't negate the um, essential meaning behind the journey of it. You know, it's, it's the message that was given and the meaning that was given or the experience. So I, and then like in contact when she is like coming back and of course she was like sort of an agnostic person, but now she's like, oh my gosh, I had this spiritual epiphany and this court, you know, people are like, you don't, you didn't have any evidence, you know, we don't have anything tactile, like, you know, and she's just like crying on, on this podium saying it's about, it's not about that. It's about this. So, like beautiful, uh, experiential, profound experience that was so life-changing and so nourishing to her soul. And mm-hmm. I mean, for everybody's soul, really, but because it is not a tactile experience or something that could be commodified or whatever, Yeah, like it, it's just inval- invalued, you know? And I think that those are just aspects of even our brain that that do that to ourselves all the time. So our conscious mind is sort of like this very rational um, personality who loves order, you know, and then there's like this 
your SC or your subconscious source conscious is very like Dionysian, creative, wild, expansive, mm -hmm. and your rational self, who most everybody's much more friendly with because that's more time that they spend time with, is so apt to just sort of slice and kind of, I guess, uh, Bernardo Castro, he's a philosopher, says that, you know, when we do that to our creative selves it's a form of like self-mutilation and i think that even people that have beautiful meaningful sessions they they you know their left brain comes in and it was like was that real i made that up and it's like that's yeah. part of the game baby you know yeah. it's like that's how you're gonna get there and it's sort of again with this dwell on the threshold if you i don't know if you're a tarot reader or you're familiar with yeah 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 like yep. the moon so you are at a threshold between these two towers and there's a wolf funny enough it's so funny how like these visions are so literal at times you know like the mythic language is like very literal it's like that's what that was kate you know you had a wolf in there and it is a dwelling threshold experience and we're like you're at the moon yeah so like i love that when tarot cards come into real life and you really see that card fully for its meaning and then oh, it actually yeah. helps you like move through that moment even deeper. Cause you're like, that's the eight of swords, you know, like I totally oh, get the eight of swords right now so much better. And okay. Now I know that she just has the blindfold on and the swords are around her and she's bound, but she can leave at any time. Great. You know, it's like, they, they're oh, so yeah. profound that way. Right. Oh my gosh. And, and this is like literally this it's like a pictorial of this mystery that can happen. It's a very profound thing for any seeker on the path that, you know, I'm not alone with a dwell in the threshold experience. You know, like it can happen to everybody or anybody, you know? And it is a call to change an aspect of yourself. So then you can step into a new vista of being and re be reborn, whatever it is that you need to purge or purify in order for you to seek illumination. So like that in the moon card, like a rider weight or whatever, the mm -hmm. sun is um, like, the moon is eclipsing the sun, which is amazing how mathematically precise the moon size is to actually do that in, in real life. I mean, it's like total divine intelligence, yeah. but you, this black thing is a, a reflection of you. You see your face in here. And it could be whatever face that you're cho choosing to show. And at that point, it was like this like really rabid will of mine, like a, like a wolf and a dog who was like very destructive. And so it is now my goal to cut that version of me off. Mm -hmm. So then I can see a moment of illumination. And sometimes in QHHT sessions, you are presented with this choice. You left brain rational that's saying this is preposterous this is ridiculous and then you have this like it could be a wolf it could be anything it could be something so beautiful you know telling you let's go over here you know like look at this but yeah your rational mind's like no this is ridiculous you really have to kind of slice that and jump into the absurd in order to see something far more vast and expansive and more meaningful. So it's worth that sort of sacrifice of that other version of you. And eventually you will learn to seek harmony with both aspects of yourself. 
And that is sort of this like divine um, uh, unified awareness, you know? And I think that that's where this sort of remarkable thing that happens when people connect to their higher self in sessions, it's this synthesis between the right and left, which is so beautiful and real truth and real beauty can finally come out and present itself. Mm -hmm. And it's a relationship that can be built go forward yeah it's it's a really it's it's an initiation in a lot of ways so yeah. sort of like my experience so <laughs> yeah what came to me so, too is like is that the the also the the merging of the the divine masculine and the divine feminine within us those polarities right so like yeah right mm-hmm. brain left brain conscious subconscious logical yeah. mystical you know like the that that polarity and coming bringing that fully into balance and then working with it both in a symbiotic relationship. Right. And yeah. And that so without, right. So it's like, yeah, like bringing all the things to help bring them together. So you, you yeah. are operating from a fuller balanced place. So then what does your life look like from there? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this sort of concept is so deeply rich in myth and symbolism. I mean, the Vesca Pisces is essentially that. And the solar arc, or I mean, solar bark of like Egyptian, you, in that Vesca Pisces, you have that beautiful almond shape. And that is essentially a boat to consciousness. And you can really sail the Milky Way and have an experience, you know. And the thing is, you don't do that when you die. You're supposed to do that while you're living. So you can navigate those shores in a more healthy and aware way. Um, I think that that is sort of the secret to a lot of this. And that death is sort of the death to your old self. And that's what I really like about QHHD is because it is such a... um, intention to spark sudden change in your life and it's not necessarily a process that is going to cure or help or change anybody it's like you know people come in please help me I need some help and it's like you're gonna this is a space for you to come in and be like what do I need to do you know so it is an active co-creation and it's not kind of like the dwell on the threshold it's like I'm leaving you now now it's for you to, to do the work that you need to do in order for me to um, be in a full beauty of glory kind of thing. So it is really a participatory thing. Mm-hmm. And this left brain, right brain is kind of like in Greek tragedy, you have the story of Apollo and Dionysus, which are two aspects of a whole. And they are definitely intertwined in like Mercury's caduceus. And so Mercury also is this sort of symbiosis of those two energies. And he is the one that brings people to the underworld and to liminal spaces. And that's how you can go beyond different thresholds. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an, a very beautiful thing. But I think like... Nietzsche talks about this, like the beauty of Greek tragedy is because it was such a part of the community. They had these plays and anything that is a active participatory thing that you are engaged in and you have fuels this like creative 
passion and vigor in anybody. So anyway, these theaters would have this story of Dionysus and there was often music that, um, like as a sound healer, you know how that really uh, affects the body and really can churn somebody's different. It can like subtly change your mind onto another, like, like you know, I guess flow of uh, consciousness uh-huh. and like song and drum and the drumbeat of the earth and like primal living. And so it also encouraged the audience to participate through song or shout and call in the theater. So they are participating in this drama that's unfolding. And in this drama, most of the time it is showing the story of Dionysus dying and being dismembered. But if anybody knows that Dionysus is like the living vine and he's an indestructible spirit. So as they're watching this, God being changed they're seeing themselves seeing the suffering of humanity but this also they're participating in this and they're seeing these dual forces at play like yin and yang night and day you know apollo dionysus in this beautiful play you kind of lose yourself into the suffering of another and that opens up such empathy and heart-centeredness to connect and fuses those two aspects of your brain and as a society participating in these sort of plays and theater really creates a catharsis on how we can process our emotions and how we look at each other and how we can open up empathy and make relationship with two sides of ourselves that are in constant battle. I mean, our brain hemispheres are always negotiating, like, what do I need to sacrifice? What do I need to do? I can't do that right now, you know? But so it's a really beautiful process. And it is definitely directly relates to the work at QHHT, because you essentially are creating this beautiful theater. And it is a vista of experience and they could be so different everybody's so different and that's what makes it so fun like I mean you it was like so much fun to just yeah. chat with you you know I know that was like and- I can only imagine it's like for you doing the work because even you know my friends that went before me and hearing their experiences compared to what happened to me and I'm sure it's like it's yeah. almost like you get to like watch a movie or listen to a show with, you know, like oh, with the new storyline and, and, and things and adventures, right? Like, it oh must my be God. so fun to, it's constantly changing. Oh yeah. And you never know what I'm going to experience or like, how am I going to navigate these waters or like what question to ask or what's important or how do I extract more information? You know, it's, it's, it is really sort of fun. And as like a creative artist myself, like that sort of fluidity is where I can really like, I get really charged up, you know, because it is sort of a challenge and you can be go with the flow on that way. But I mean, QHH is kind of like Starbucks. It's it's a very streamlined system and it, that is by design. So any practitioner, you're going to have a same experience, although everybody's so different. There's, you know, everybody has their own vibe. Everybody has their own voice that they use, you know, but it is strategic in that. And I think that that's also so beautiful because you have like this 
sort of Apollo structure of your left brain and the system that is created with the same very, very tightly. Um, I mean, she spent years perfecting this induction, uh, this process, this school. She made it as a, a modality that could be learned in, uh, in 2002. So it's 20 years of, oh, wow. of regressions that have are just thousands, hundreds of thousands all across the globe. Mm -hmm. But this system is so streamlined that it offers like a controlled system. So if somebody wanted to ever like study consciousness or something, it is a con controlled system and which allows for any and all experiences in a, in a quantum way. Like, so no experience, it, it just allows space to explore, but the system remains the same, which is good for study, research, and all of that sort of thing. So it's kind of, it'll be interesting to see over the years. Like I know uh, Rice University just, I don't know if you know Willie Strieber. Mm -mm. He's a really probably the most famous like alien uh, abductee and he's a writer. Okay. And his book Communion really shook the world and it gave a validity to that phenomenon for a lot of people. And people started writing so many letters about their experiences. So they call them the communion letters and Rice University, the uh, Department of Religion has now, uh, they call it the archive of the impossible. So they're archiving uh, this, these letters of people's experiences, which is wow. really sort of validating that there is a new consciousness and our world is getting so much bigger. And, oh, yes. you know, and validating this human experience that has been with us since we were born, you know, and it's an aspect of our lives that is very real and should be valued and nourished. And this is a beautiful modality that allows that to happen. But it also is so great for anybody that has anomalous experiences. And that's how I came to find Dolores through these kind of strange like experiences. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, oh, but it's also a very safe way for somebody to re-explore and go into there to get more information by going um, into a regression hypnosis. It's a very, uh, Erickson hypnosis is kind of what it is. It's a creative way, not traditional hypnosis, where it's more in, uh, integral, that a holistic form of doing it that allows more creativity for both sides of a person. You know, it, it just far more um, adaptable and creative for these kind of processes, but it helps people wanting to face trauma or real abuse in a very safe and effective, beautiful self-discovery way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the space was really, really, really loving. And you hold a really strong container. I don't know if you, I know you've done, I, believe we talked about you've done shamanic work correct like in am I quoting that right that I believe well we after 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 that like terrifying dream of those shamans I was like I need to be a shaman yeah. like this is what this means you know and because they look like uh, like like I said like yoga and ritual masks mm -hmm. and um I was like oh my god so yeah I, I decided like through COVID and like it was a lot of death and death in the family 
so I was like, I need to be like a death walker. You know, I got to do this. So I found a group and it was a two year immersion. And, um, and that's what I was going to do, you know, but I, something didn't feel right, but mm-hmm. it was a wonderful experience. And it's funny because like some of the assignments was like, we had to deal with like spirit possession and the assignment was because in spirit possession, you could be like possessed by, I mean, just like the most divine angel in the world or spirit possession could be like you looking at Twitter and just being like possessed by, you know, the digital noise, you know, it has very varying degrees. And Mm -hmm. most people are like, think about exorcism and stuff. But I mean, we get possessed all the time if somebody pissed us off in the car and we can't stop thinking about them. We're literally possessed. Wow. So anyway, I'm writing about possession. And then I like get taken out and have this like Kundalini experience. So it was really great that I was a part of this group, even though I left the group because it didn't feel right, but it offered me a stepping stone and other experiences to get where I am now. And I think that quantum healing is so approachable for a wider audience. And again, allows space for anybody any age, any culture, it's not culture specific. It is a a quantum vista. So yeah, it's just, yeah. 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 Yeah, But yeah, but, but it's shamanic in, in, in its function. So you are soul retrieval, death walking. It's, it's all of that. So. Well, and just in sitting, I don't know if you noticed the room is like we while while we were sitting and talking all those hours like I felt once we were mm, I don't even know when it fully shifted but the room shifted and I felt us in a very ceremonial space and um your you were uh your face was shape-shifting Oh yeah. And I was seeing you as like a, like I've known your soul for like, we've known each other for a long time. And we went really deeply into, into what I like to call the shamanic space where it's like, you know, there's like, there's no time, like shaman time, you know, like, like hours oh, yeah, go yeah, by yeah, in two yeah. minutes, but there's also a change in, in, I don't even know how to explain it. Like the, when I really meet people that are really like, when we get activated in our conversation or when I'm healing people in a healing, it's like the, the, the reality shifts. I don't even really actually know how to explain it, but the energy shifts, the reality, sh- like the reality of like what we're in it kind of like, it kind of like becomes like, like faintly diamondy and a little, mm-hmm. um, with like misty in a certain mm-hmm. way. That's the best I can describe it. Like, um, yeah. we, we definitely dropped in really deeply. And I thought that that was really special that I don't know if you personally experienced that with others, but or have had experienced that, but point being is like the, you are very talented in the sense because not everyone can show up and or hold a container for that space or like in both parties, like there's sometimes when I'm doing healings, their spirit won't allow for the space to totally shift and change. 
Uh, yeah. Right. But but that that has to do with so many different factors. I mean, there's so many things at play for that sort of magic to happen where there's like this palatable energy because there really is like I feel definite changes when there is like higher selves coming in or different energies and it it, it does the whole thing kind of shifts and change and that's why it's important I think to to do these in person there is such the human level mm-hmm. and energy exchange that is mm-hmm vital to this and um yes it is it is fascinating but it doesn't happen all the time and I think it has a lot to do with the intention put in the openness to explore um and all of that you know and some people might not be ready for that so you know it 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 really is the higher self's never going to show you anything that you're not ready for so it's it's a myriad of experiences but those sort of miraculous unexplained anomalous phenomena Mm -hmm. happens more happens very often yeah and that's so funny that you (laughs) you experience that because I never get to like so you know certainly some people will tell me but I think after like after everybody's sort of like whoa what just happened and everybody's sort of like okay I got to eat something and go to the bathroom and then process what Uh what what kind of an adventure I just had you know yeah so you know it's not like time to like chat about it and plus if you are really deep you're it's just like what did I say so you need a a minute to figure like reground yourself so yeah I was that's so funny. Yeah, I was definitely like, okay, well, at the end of the session, I felt like shit, which I think I told you, like, I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, and this doesn't happen to everyone. That's so normal. Like this like, yeah, it's normal, but like, don't be scared. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that. And this has happened before when I've been put in deep states, my body was stiff as a board, like super stiff. And I got a massive headache. And I was really nauseous at the end. Yeah. Um, I, I really didn't feel good the rest of the night. I just kind of came home, ate something, walked my dog in, and went to sleep. But I felt I was vibing for a good week on a really, really, really high level, operating fully from an open heart space. And then what was interesting, though, is then there was like a crash oh and yeah. it's like I came right back <laughs> and like a week later I'm like yeah oh. <laughs> so third dimension right um normal was, life so yeah I was so elated and for for a good week after the session and um one thing that I remember coming through was the, and I'm going to put clips of our session at the end of this. So people that are listening or watching can um, see kind of what entails in a session. So I'm going to share parts of my session at the end of this um, is that I was, you know, shown how to connect to that, to the motherboard. And one of the main things was they they said, connect to the motherboard. 
And through the circuitry, you can go learn different things in the universe and you're needing to start with sacred geometry. So I was talking to one of my girlfriends and telling her about the session. And she's like, oh, on Gaia right now, there's a really great show about (laughs) sacred geometry. You should watch this show. So I'm in like the first episode of the show and he starts talking about a motherboard with the way I was seeing it in my mind's eye with like the main circle part that I was meant to connect into with the exact circuitry. Oh, I know. It happens all the time. It's, I love when that happens. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm like way a lot more on track with this than, than I really realized. It's fascinating how really detailed, like you think it's just a casual description, but it really informs something that is so vitally important to that function of whatever that symbol was. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind all the time. That's so cool. Yeah. It was such confirmation because yeah, I, I, you know, when I finally had the crash back to, back to this plane, um, yeah. you know, that, that mind and, you know, I've been doing this work for a really long time. So I really understand a lot, but I even had my human moment where, cause I crashed so hard just because I've just, you know, what you, you've even heard in our talk, I've just been dealing with so much life stuff in, in this peeling back and same thing, like going into something new, you know, but there's some yeah. real aspects at play, right that we can't get away from and it's called bills and you know things and like yeah stuff that no matter how much we play in this space we do need to still we like I say to people we still live in the third dimension and that right now has certain rules that you know um so I I I I came back crashed pretty hard and um that part of my mind really did come in for a minute of like no, that was all whatever. Like you just, yeah. Like you made that up like the, yeah. the, the normal voices. And I'm like, that's interesting that that voice is even coming at play right now, because I've been a very free, big thinker since I was a wee little person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's, it, that's, what's interesting is being uh, brought to that show. And then he's talking about the exact same that I thing that I saw. I was like, okay that human mind that other side of my mind got like shut up quickly because it was like there's the validation yeah I'm going to show you something yeah and the funny thing is is that your journey can completely continue years from now and that's why I tell people to like write a journal Mm -hmm. of their experiences because it will come back around and remind you um but again like these days this session is a huge part of it is the interview and talking Mm -hmm. and that in itself could be very exhausting and purging. You know, tears are so normal and you're talking about most of the time, very personal things and people are are expressing things that they might not have ever expressed before. Or Mm -hmm. there is something wonderful about saying something out loud that like, a light bulb comes in or insight. So there's a lot of work already being done in the interview process. And it's so essential to the, to this work. And um, so a lot of times I think that sometimes the vulnerability of that also triggers that rational mind to sort of slice it because it could be too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a little bit of 
aspect to that for some people. And certainly, you know, having my own sessions that, I mean, <laughs> I had one that I was just literally crying so hard, uncontrollably, the almost like the entire time. Wow. And like coming out of that was like, <laughs> you know, you want to hide and like push it away because it yeah. was, it's too raw, you know? Uh-huh. And I think that there's that rawness that's like too scary. And I think people are like, I want to, like, I don't, I don't feel good with the being, you know, like vulnerable. So I think that might have a play into that too, which is natural. You don't want to go back right away to go back to that. Yeah. To that feeling or why people don't even, you know, a lot of times in their present life, in their life to change their lives or get out of relationships they're not meant to be in or get out of jobs that they're not meant to be in or face those traumas or wounds, you know, that they shove down, they shove down, they put away, which then, you know, can manifest into disease or, you know, just oh, yeah. different yeah. body ailments. Um, because the work is, does get so raw. I mean, there uh, sometimes when those really deep traumas come up for me, I'll be crying. Same thing, like so hard. I'll like almost be vomiting just from, and then literally feel like I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and you are, like, you're, you're dying things that you need to, to remove out of your life. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. So it's, and then sometimes you're like, I don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to, to go back to that. But what I've found in my work that I, that I do um, every time is different and you're not going to necessarily go back to that same emotional state or deeps. Like it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a roller coaster in a sense that like one time might be super emotional the next time might be just more informative or adventurous and then you know oh yeah it's not so like I'm encouraging people if you do a session to don't just stop there to be open to the right right like the adventure of it of like you're peeling and going through layers and there's there's more to more to do and it just isn't always like gut-wrenching right (laughs) Oh yeah. But I, you know, I think it's, it's, it holds space for anybody who's ready to do whatever work. How funny there's like a, the light just like came down those clouds. But um, if you're an artist and you have like crazy, uh, you're, you're like in a funk and you just need to break that and you come in with that sort of intention, very easy to get you out of that. I mean, it's just like, who can go explore you have you just want to see what happens like i i'm you know just curious about past lives or whatever this process is you don't even have to like believe in past lives to play like that doesn't even come into it it could be an exploration into the creative mind which is a very real aspect to our humanity you know you don't always have to be a rational being running on the rat race you can go play like let's go go play and see what you need to see it's it's like dream time like our dreams are filled with symbols and things that are calling our attention but most of the time people who are familiar with QHHT sort of know this really miracle of transformation that can occur and so when you're really ready to change and shift and have hard work done it can be that space to hold that really deep 
deep dive that needs to happen and that deep transformation. But it's not to say that it's always going to be that way. Usually like the first one, it's like, you know, I love when people have like three pages and they're like, I want this, this, and this, and then I have this and this. And it's like, okay, like they're really ready to go, you know? Yeah. Like it, I love, I love that, you know, they're having this beautiful conversation with themselves. Like I know myself, I need to do this, this, and this, and this, you know, and they're ready to fly and they're really to be vulnerable and talk about uncomfortable things, but not everybody's the same, you know? And so sometimes you go wherever you need to go and it is an unfolding and an empowering to know who you are. And like er all sessions are so different. So like after I had like a very purging session, I went and had another one and, and it was completely different. And I was like a Scythian warrior and I got to feel like so brave and strong and rational and like fierce. And I've never felt like that in my life. Wow. It was such a gift and like just full of adrenaline. And who knows, I just needed to feel that way. Yeah. You know, and I got to have that sort of Happen feeling that, that I can always, yourself. yeah. Right. So if I'm having like a fear or dread, I'm just like tuning into that warrior. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, like I could do this. So yeah. it's, it's a gift because we're doing these things in our senses. So then we can draw upon them and remember, you know, and utilize them as a tool to how we behave in the world going forward. So you have a transcendent experience. How are you going to bring that down to the 3D mm -hmm. in your life to really make some some real physical change? You know that's actually meaningful to life here on Earth. So I think well, that's I a like, yeah. I feel like you know, as more and more people have their awakenings, which I think for a lot of people, a lot of people happened around the pandemic and. Many people that have been even on the path for a long time had a even larger awakening, myself included, during that time. And really, we're seeing even more now our multidimensional selves and how we're, you know, we're so not just, I, I, I just feel like everything was so like, for a long time felt really 2D in a sense, like flat on a paper, like you're this person. <laughs> And you're meant to go through life as this, as this flat piece of paper doll, yeah. right? And you just go and you, you do this and then you do this and you don't think or talk or do anything about it. And then you die. <laughs> and yeah. now it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to be that one thing that I decided I was that way you know, like I only operate this way. And it's like, wow, what if you just tilt it slightly? And it's like, oh. I cannot just operate that way. And I feel like it is opening and how you said, even in our session, how, you know, or even the beginning of this, Dolores's work is really coming back around, but you said in our session, her, her work is even expanding more and more. And it's, it's, it's like having a life of its own. And I kind of envisioned her from the other side, like now that she has more tools, like kind of like helping that along, but as we are growing and expanding and having greater knowledge come in because of, of the way we're leveling up, right? So we're mm -hmm. coming to different levels for more information and more knowledge to come through and understanding of how multifaceted we are, how multidimensional we are, um, that this work really is, the, is a really great partner 
in our expansion of consciousness and it's divinely timed in its flowering right to help us as we now are at another level to to piece that and seeing these other parts of ourselves that we don't need to be such a 2d little piece of paper you know going through a very droned out unfulfilled existence again we might have already done that in a past life we don't need to keep doing that again um because it's like how much can we accomplish now in this life of expansion that we have these tools and these things and these amazing people that have come along to anchor in some other channels of ways to connect to this whole world of selves and of other selves and off-planet selves and you know it's it's really fascinating the time that we're Mm -hmm. in now of what we're doing completely i mean in 2021 we, we keep finding exoplanets that i live right by jpl nasa so um and I have a love-hate relationship with that place, yeah. but it's a whole other conversation. But they're discovering these exoplanets that are innumerable. I mean, I think it's like 5,000 other planets in like 4,000 star systems. But they hypothesize that there is like hundreds of billions. When I say hundreds of billions of planets and stars within the Milky Way, our world is so huge. And finally, the collective consciousness where we are now with science and sort of a cultural understanding, finding this, we, we can't hide and say that we are this sole important person in the, con- in the cosmos. You know, the world doesn't revolve around humanity. Mm-hmm. Like we are in, we have to build a relationship with a, a far more diverse and complex um, world. And it's interesting now because like NASA has a psyche um, mission, which is to go on the asteroid of psyche. And I think that's so fascinating that like materialist science that it's like very database. And if, 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 you know, like this stuff is like how they would say that pseudoscience or like hogwash or whatever, because Mm -hmm. it's not science, hard science. But the names that they give planets and comets are so mythologically accurate. It's so funny that even in an effort to be sort of hard-based science, like a muse comes in and is like, the name of that comet, Psyche. You know, and they're like, Psyche, we're going to call this Psyche. You know, it's like so funny to me. That's how I envision it. But we all, we're going to go to Psyche, an asteroid, and find out about the Earth's core. And so it's funny how... These things directly relate to what is going on in the zeitgeist of uh, society. And we're also going to do a mission to Venus, which is love. And I don't know if you are familiar with like astrology. Uh, There is an astrologer that does the Venus star points um, because Venus, her uh, orbit is a pentagram and a beautiful flower. And it's really this gorgeous this gorgeous dance. I had a crazy session that I went to Venus and it was, was the one I was crying. But I might play that for people. I might, I'm like, you know, nobody puts like a practitioner doesn't put their own session on. Yeah. And I think I'm going to do it, (laughs) but it's fair warning. It is full of emotion and it is, it is like raw crying. (laughs) So yeah, it's purging. 
But I think it's good. You know, I think even as practitioners, you have to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to hold space for people who are vulnerable. And I think that's a, a good lesson because your medicine is only as good as the medicine that you do. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to go to Venus and Psyche, but these Venus star points, there was a big shift. Uh, this Ariel Goodman is one of the astrologers who kind of discovered and it's a living system that she uses and I kind of want to get a, a reading because it kind of, looking at the Venus star points in your chart really kind of tell you about relationships and all kinds of things okay but she's like booked till I think next year and anyway there was a huge shift because her we are in like this Venus star point from Mars and Scorpio for hundreds of years I'm not sure the number you know but we just recently in October made a shift into Libra and eventually one of the arms it's like a Vitruvian man like this mm -hmm. pentagram is essentially us and the arms are going to move to Libra and Pisces out of Scorpio and Aries and it'll be interesting to see that sort of war and transformation and really kind of like gnarly energy of Scorpio and Mars might shift and change uh -huh. so i think that there is a reason why things kind of come back into the zeitgeist dolores and convoluted universe mm -hmm. everybody's sort of getting comfortable with the idea of uap and ufos because of you know the government is now acknowledging that and, and even nasa just hired like 10 theologians to talk about the nature of the of religion and the world so it's kind of interesting that they hired all of these people to sort of help give this information out to the masses and i don't know how that's going to look like and it might it might be wild so we'll yeah. see but this this work will help you prime yourself to a, another version of a multifaceted human yeah wow and there is so much lost knowledge out there and so much of rewriting of history that, you know, I, I read uh, Jesus in the Essenes and it was like fascinating that work that she pulled in oh, yeah. information that it's like, is it lost or is it that we've just been so routed away from tapping into, to the like different stories and universal knowledge that as we expand, we can bring those lost stories, those lost knowledge back. Um, something you were saying in the beginning about how people, you know, the Jodie Foster with the painting, and then, you know, she went to Lyra and then she's in the painting, essentially. Um, it, it's that fine line of like, you know, art imitates life, life imitates art. Uh, is it that, and I've won this, wondered this as an artist, writer myself, right? Is it that we, our minds are creating the thing? So then in the art and in inspiration, we're creating it to become real? Or mm -hmm. is it really something that already exists and we are tapping into the dimension, the space, the time, the place, and pulling it down into this? Or is it, you know what I mean? Chicken or the egg? Oh, yeah. I don't know. But I have come to kind of start believing that maybe, you know, our, like it's it's a little bit of both. Like we're creating it, we're co-creating it, but we're also in the idea of it. We're tapping into something that wants to be shown that really the mm -hmm. seed of it really does exist. And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it 
in uh, I think her book, Big Magic of like, if you don't, if the, an idea comes floating through your mind, she, I think she talked about it, something with a field, like a wind of field. And if you don't grab onto it, that idea will still move on for someone else to grab onto it. That gets the inspiration of that thing. So then that makes mm -hmm. me believe and wonder that it is something that's already has been, will be in this multidimensional world um, already in existence. And we're just bringing it down and playing with it. Like Star Wars, if you really dive into star seeds and star seed lineages and different planets and places and the way that those stories are like with Lyra and the Lyrans being displaced and their planets being destroyed and all this stuff. It's like, well, isn't that basically the story of Star Wars, right? So it's like, was is that, you know, if that is a true story, then George Lucas just reached up into the cosmos and pulled down a story and is yeah. showing us an actual real story, but we're thinking it's fiction. Oh, absolutely. And this has been the name of the game from time immemorial, you know, like cosmology stories in any religion is like the biggest science fiction and the wildest stories that you can even imagine. And I think that like, we're finally diving into religious texts in ways that are like more holistic and outside of this literal rational uh mindset that is just just this white knuckle grip of power and wants to obtain this information and direct the lives of not only people but of culture and the evolution of mankind for every there's an agenda but i think like this constant forgetting is conquest on top of a a temple i mean you look under the bones of any civilization you're going to find a much older civilization under that because the people who conquer know this site this is very specific to an energy but we're going to use our gods on top of that so there is a constant layer upon layer upon layer that you need to dig um but there is also like a concept called the eternal return Mm -hmm. which is we have been in this weave in this story of time constantly we have relived these greater stories of like it's a story of strife and love of dark and light you know and how these two dualities are dancing with each other because they most of the time are set up to destroy one another and the object there is to create harmony but we have yet to establish that without our human need for um, power and striving. So it, it, it is the eternal story throughout time, the never ending story, if you will. But like, yeah, yeah. this idea of eternal return, it's like kind of like reincarnation. It is a cycle that you will continually be in until you recognize I'm not going to just go with the flow anymore i need to like command and actually participate in my life in this cycle and make a essential change to that weave it's like what oh 
whoa, this person actually changed something within themselves. So this new story is going to be woven. But until everyone does that, we will continually relive the same story over and over with new gods, new power, new things. And we're going to have to dive into some depths to figure out how this all started. But I think this we're getting there. I think we're opening up to uh, the ghosts who are um, the spirits who are constantly whispering on those those winds and being able to actually listen, create with them and co-create, uh-huh. or if it already exists, sub-create a, a different narrative, you know? And I think that that is what's so magical about the human imagination and our creative force and reclaiming that especially in the society that does not value that part of anybody, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's how we hold on to our humanity and how we can synthesize within ourselves. Because when we change ourselves and really create that change and change that narrative, then the whole narrative is going to change. So it's like alchemy of, of a society. So, yeah, but it's going to be a long ride. I mean, even the work that we do, we're not going to be able to see the fruits of our labor for a long time. And that's yeah. just part of it, you know, but it's, it's just another rung on the ladder and sort of like the Bodhisattva vow of like the liberation of all beings. So it will be liberating everyone. It's not just for those who are awakened or those who who know. It is for every single one of us. And that's where humanity and whatever message you get from the cosmos, you have to bring it down to earth because all of our earth family is valuable and needs to be seen, heard, and they need to be able to be aware of their true bright light, you know? Absolutely. and yeah. any work that you do has that ripple effect and it, it, it even like slightly, even, you know, shifts. So if you think that you're just one person, what does your, you know what I mean? What does your healing work or expansion work do it? Like it's, it's everything. It's, it, it does ripple out into the whole. And I saw this meme or something a, a couple of years ago of like, if you think you're insignificant, have you ever been in a room at night with a mosquito in the dark with a one mos- one tiny mosquito and how that tiny mosquito <laughs> yeah. you know will like literally cause like the you know it's like oh my I, I have a cabin in northern Minnesota so it's like I know I'm trying to go to bed in this all of a sudden <laughs> so it's oh, like it's the worst the yeah. worst but it's like you 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 can make a big difference, right? And you, yeah, we might not even see what that difference is, but just by living and doing the work and expanding and and helping the energy of bringing down that knowledge, that vibration, that energy does, it, it might just you then look at a neighbor and smile a certain way and it clicks something in their head, right? And then yeah. they go on and they go on and it's the the web effect of just, branching out so yeah we can have that planetary full awakening liberation and moving towards a higher consciousness because that's yeah where we're headed right now whether we want to or not right yeah or you know like it is 
there's a lot going on mm -hmm. <laughs> in the world. So it's going to be uh, challenging. So I think being able to be more centered and not be possessed by mm -hmm. fear or all of this and, and staying, yeah, balanced with both sides of yourself. So you don't get taken or destroyed or yeah, possessed by all kinds of things, news, whatever. It is really a, um, a discipline to be able to, gosh, not react and, and not give in to all those base uh, reactions that we have like if we are doing the work or we feel like we are an in, instructable spirit and we are valued and we are holy then we need to treat each other that way and treat each other as equally with respect and everything that we do is holy and valuable and all of that and I think um, having awareness and consciousness really changes um how you are in the world and people you don't have to preach i it, any holy roller is like so annoying and it, it's not effective mm -hmm. like if you can be the person or be the change that you want to be everyone's gonna be like wow they're like what's about that person you know like they just seem so chill or, you know like uh, what, are you, what are you what doing? you doing have right exactly they, you don't yeah. need to shove it down their throat like mm -hmm. all my friends yeah. like um you had our, my friend Dahlia's one of your um, hypnotees <laughs> and yeah. she does skincare, right? So she does all the things and it's like, you, we, there's many of us women that live on the same street and one of them comes out from Dahlia's, what did Dahlia do to you? I want that. Then the next person, you, then you walk into Dahlia's house and like half the neighbors are there. And it's like, she just is, you wouldn't even know that Dahlia does what she does. Like one of her neighbors the other day, I'm like, oh, we're having an event. I did some sound bowls before one of her little beauty events, right? And she's like, I didn't know Dahlia did that work, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she does like a laser therapy. She's like, I want to do it, you know? And so it's just people are seeing changes and they want to be a part of the change, but Dahlia is not standing in the middle of our street yelling, I do, you know? Yeah, like, and I need to go see Dahlia too. Changed and, <laughs> yeah. What was that? I need to go see Dahlia you too. You do need to go I mean, see Dahlia. She I, mentioned I that. Know. Yeah, I know. She, she needs to come up. You know. just need to come. You know what you need to do is you need to come have a session with me. And then because we live right across the street from each other, see me and Dahlia on the same day. So we, we can yeah. energetically give back to you that will be amazing I know it's it's been sort of like kind of cuckoo but and the holidays is just going to get way more sort of strange but I know I need to do that quickly yeah and I, I think mean, it really. is a, I mean you don't need to do it quickly you just need to do it <laughs> like you can wait till I just like need to do it <laughs> exactly yeah there's I know, no you there's guys are no so lovely date on us wanting to give back to you I know um, I I've been meaning to make a little video of a portion of Dahlia's session. It was so sweet. So yeah, she has such. It's, a, it's, she's such a sweet soul, just pure, like just really sweetness. She, I, I love her so much. Yeah, she's quite lovely. So, and I'm so thankful to meet all of you, bright lights. You guys are so beautiful, and it's so inspiring to see a group of women really 
um, bringing each other up and that it's so refreshing actually and just what we need <laughs> to be honest especially you know? in this city you know especially in Los Angeles oh, yeah. where I talk a lot in the past about um, you know when I was young and I first came here when I was 20 you know women older women weren't mentors they looked at me like I was a threat and a lot of them weren't really nice to me and so as I've gotten into more of a, a space to be more of a mentor, um, I'm, I've been very conscious to turn around to the younger women and help them evolve and move forward instead of, you know, looking at the, like them as a threat. And we've been really blessed on our street that we've all been divinely guided here. And then over the years, create these friendships where we really have made it our mission with each other to cheerlead each other on and, and everything that we do and support each other and recommend each other to other people and um, really change the vibration of that because the female lineage <laughs> has really, you know, back even in the days of the witch trials where they would pin, you know, oh, if you tell me that she's a witch, then you can live and she's going to die, you know? And it's been oh, yeah. really encoded in our DNA that we, to pin us against each other. And we're working really hard and consciously on, on mending that and creating spaces and to repair that so that we are powerful beings so that we get to come back together and do real work together and it's not a competition or that everybody wins, you know, and there's so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm honored to have met you in this as well and bring you into like the energetics of now I have another person that does amazing work. And like I said, you do, you really hold a really safe and powerful container that we can, you know, yeah. help you as well as you, do this work and same here you know there's so it's like a spiritual technology and every like sound is so healing for even somebody who might not have um like somebody with brain cancer for instance like who wants to experience something mystical but their um firing might be a little bit different down healing has been shown to be so beneficial because it activates a non-local awareness mm -hmm. and sound healing can really give that person such a wonderful experience who is like suffering so it's really there is something for everybody and really uh, and sound activating in your water it's it's such oh. a different vibe but it's so into source and it's like kind of that same thing like online you can have a sound bath but then in person it is it's just very different, different. it's a whole yeah. different thing it really and is. i cannot wait to just fly off the table and go wherever oh, i go you're gonna because we've yeah. already like gotten to that activated space together yeah, yeah. oh yeah it'll be fun <laughs> Well, and I like when I connect with other energy workers and practitioners, it's such playtime. Oh, really? I mean, it's like, oh my, it's like, I just want to collaborate and like, where are you going to go? Or like, 
see what see what happens you know and like yeah like but then you're like they have a session so we can't let's just not talk about this so we had to focus you know because it's a day solely focused on on you but yeah it's it's like playtime it really is it really is and we together when we connect we go so much higher and the conversations that come through and because we're already there so we get to go you know what I mean even to another level and it's so much fun I think it's like one of my favorite all-time things to do on this planet is is you know I, I go to like events and it's like if someone isn't in the corner talking with me about like Oh, I know. Right. I'm like, like, I don't really like, have anything to talk about if it's not about like, you know, expansion and aliens. And I don't know, just wondering like how we got here and like, you know, like the bigger things. I'm like, I, I, I'm not really good at s- small talk. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm horrible at small talk. So it's like, yeah, I'm completely with you. And I think that's why it was just like, even in your session, like most people, you know, like, typically go to the beautiful place you know and then they get whisked away with some help you know to other vistas and you were like well here's this door and then I love and I'm like are you gonna go through the door you're like I already opened it you know it's like so funny you were well, like we just- synced so much yeah we synced up so quickly that I really my higher self was answering your questions before you even asked them. So when you would ask them, I instantly already had the answer. And that was so much fun. Oh, I know. And you got to draw, like I know in Dolores's one of her first book, it was like the legend of star crash that I read. And in that there was illustrations of this guy's uh, like, like hunting tool. And I remember I asked you, I was like, would you be open? Like if you saw anything that you would draw and you're like, sure, whatever. And it was so fun and exciting to see that whatever you drew, you know, you never know how that's going to unfold. You know, like if you have that drawing, it might come back to you years later. Who who knows how these things work? What's funny about that is because what I was seeing in my head and what, or the place that I was seeing and what I actually drew were two different things. And I'm like one look. I was like, and then I like really looked at. It, I'm like, well, that looks like a butterfly. And the place that I'm talking about on Earth, like, and I like, but then I really felt like when you were talking about earlier, um, things coming back years later. I think eventually down the road, the reason why I drew drew that that looked like a butterfly will actually come into play more. But I am meant to also look deeper into that that place um on earth that's a real place because that's more of an ant drawing in the sand a very large i'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put a link to everything we talk about um in the show yeah. now. um all the people you've mentioned and this place that i can't think of off the top of my head oh nazca lions uh yes, in nazca peru yeah mm-hmm. yes i know fascinating we're talking about bugs too yeah <laughs> so funny yeah so yeah, I think that actual butterfly e drawing that I did in the session is going to come to play somewhere else. I think, or there's maybe the, there's going to be some cool like tie-in to both, like down the road somehow, or you know, yeah, um, because it's it was that that was there for a reason for that that didn't look exactly like 
those. Or it could just be the function of whatever is in the NASCAR line still functions like you're drawing, you know, it might have like the mother, like your motherboard, like this symbol activates in a certain way. And maybe there's certain properties within that symbol that reflect an underlying function that, you know, is like another language that, that you might find, you know, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's a discovery and that's what makes it so fun. You know, it's like this, you get to go down these rabbit holes and sort of rediscover all the things that you've seen. So yeah, it's a journey for it's sure. A journey, definitely but it's, never it's, ending, right? We just peel then, off one layer and we're into the next and it's, that's the joy of it is we just get to keep going. And, and yeah, through all the, the various parts of it. Yeah. There is like, and like life is definitely worth living, having a life affirming, um zeal like a new pep in your step especially after doing this is so um regenerating and you know i think that that's another big portion of this if somebody's listening and they're like these sound intense but it really is soul nourishing and oh my gosh rejuvenating and people actually their skin looks so much better they call it like the session botox where Mm -hmm. there's so much energy that comes in from higher selves i mean people get hot it's like like reiki hands it's like this palpable juice of energy in their like faces just like you know looking good you know but it's it's wild definitely got hot and i a shaman that I used to work with who I learned how to facilitate sound bath sessions through. She was one of my favorite sound healers. Um, I had to part ways with her cause it just got a little, a little toxic. Right. Um, but I learned a lot from her and she could put me into that deep state and it's how I'm very specific about my sound baths to get people into that state. And it's very close, a similar state to your hypnosis. So for me, because I haven't really found anyone since her thus far, who can put me into the state, um, I realized after the session, I was like, I really needed that. And my soul really needed that. And I was like, I just felt so nourished and recharged even as a healer because I got to go to that, to that space and that, that vibration. And it was like, yay, I found someone who can, um, (laughs) hold space for me to go into that space, to that space. So I can re-nourish and recharge. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, because it's it it's hard. You're doing this for other people. You're living life, paying bills, cleaning, you know, all those other things. And then it's like now I have to be like quiet and try to like connect. Whereas QHHC session, it's like we'll just get you right there. You know, it's like just relax, settle down, and whoop, off you go if you're ready to go. You know. Yeah, and that's like you know I am really strongly in belief about us healing ourselves and learning what that is. And also simultaneously and equally still relying on others to hold the space for us that we don't need to do everything for ourselves. So we can unhook a little and allow that, you know, that reciprocity and that space to be held for us that I 
will always call on my brothers and sisters in their different modalities to, um, to heal with me, you know, and that I'm, I'm not going to just carry the torch for myself, even though I have a deep understanding of different things. But after your session, I really learned that it's like, it's like, you know, I can sit around my house and massage my back by like leaning up against one of the bricks that's protruding from the wall Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I can fully lay down, relax and let someone give me the massage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The surrender. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That you can finally just check out and go deep, you know, um, and you're not having to hold all the space. So, and we're never alone. Like this world is not to be meant to be lived alone. Like there's so much help along the way and community is very important so that others can feel they're not alone, you know, and that there's, you can't do it all. It's really hard. And I think that that is the importance of our humanity is in our mirroring each other are acknowledging and validating each other and helping each other, you know, cause we have like magic within our hands and in our whole human being. And even if it's like you were saying, like a smile to your neighbor, I mean, that is such a powerful thing. You don't need, a lot of people don't need to be this like healer or shaman or guru. They could just be a really nice, there's everyday healers. I mean, yeah. grandmas, like, somebody who makes the best sandwiches in town, you know, like that's magic and is so nourishing and there's magic everywhere, you know? So I think it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful too. Yeah. We talked about that as well of, and then how that showed me of how my dog walks through life. Right. And she just, her golden smiley face and smiling at people and how she just her presence alone in her just being her has profound effects on our community in Studio City and people know her and just her carrying the keys in Trader Joe's. She has like 10 people (laughs) stopping and taking her picture, right? So she's like, once you mentioned that in our session and then I really sat with that and then I was shown like her life as being such a model of that is that it that is very true because I'm a witness to her just being this dog who lives in Studio City who just walks the streets every day. She's she's a spirit herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a divine being herself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's spirit like, helper. you know, the little mosquito in a dark room who she's a tiny golden who her making a huge difference. Yeah. That's yeah. so beautiful. It really is. Yeah. We have help everywhere. So yeah, yeah. we really do. Well, I don't want to keep you much longer because I want to honor your time. And I I had a feeling we were going to go over. (laughs) Oh yeah. You want to see, I start talking. It's like, it's kind of like a session. You're like, Whoa, what time is it? And you're like, this is how it is. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, an hour. I'm like, I know from us talking on your couch. I'm like, this is gonna be longer over an hour and I'm totally okay with it. (laughs) good I know me too because yeah it is fun it's fun to connect and talk about these things you know it it is so like rejuvenating so thank you so much for allowing me to have this space here with your audience and I'm so grateful for that so thank you so much Yeah. yeah and I'll put I'll put the um, link to your YouTube and your website in the show notes. And um, so they can contact you and have sessions with you and go on magic carpet rides. And yeah, 
And it's a good thing to do before the holidays because you're going to be with family and chances are it might be triggering. So no matter how much spiritual work you have done, family is a good trigger. So if oh, you yeah. want to settle in and take care of yourself, it's like, this is a good time to do that. Yeah. So, and then they yeah. need to have one after too. To like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're all going to be different. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like seasonal session. So. Thank you, Sarah, so much. Thank you. And thank you for everyone watching and listening. And we will talk with you again soon. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Sarah Wolf. I just wanted to let you know, stay tuned for next week's episode as I'm going to actually drop the QHHT session with Kate that we pre-recorded during my session. That will be in the next episode. I decided to split it up. Otherwise, this will be a four hour long podcast around there and I want to give a break. So we'll see you next week with the actual session with Kate. We'll talk with you again soon.